0: thank you for participating in this teaching service. We believe you have been blessed by the word. You're welcome to visit us at Emma Community 5. Of PV are being run about. God bless you and we hope to see you next Tuesday. Let us pray. Our eternal God of mercy once again we thank you for assembling us, Lord, here in Tema, in Meshacham, Teshin, and in your church at Newboy Town. We thank you for all who are listening to us, watching us, hearing your word in the diaspora, all over the world. Now and hereafter. Lord, it is by your grace and by your mercy that we come before you. And we ask the Lord to therefore grant us to have humble and teachable spirits. Lord, we pray for understanding spirits, humble, meek, that we may accept tonight's word, as many as this word is meant for. Lord, as it entered their ears, let it enter their spirit and their souls. And Let them yield, yield to your word, that may be well with them. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let be seated. This evening, we want to look at something that probably affects almost everybody in the world. Certainly, the majority the population in the world, the by far the great majority of people. And uh, this fact is that many people don't think of whether or not they are sinners. Most people go about not wondering or even thinking about whether or not they are sinners. So we want to look at the title for tonight is I am not a sinner. I am not a sinner. I have no sins. I'm not, I'm not. The title is I am not a sinner. And we look at scriptures from the book of Romans. Romans 3. Verses 23 and 24. I am not a sinner. And the scripture is Romans 3, verses 23 and 24. The Bible says in verse 23 that, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption of that is in Christ Jesus. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Beloved, I believe and I know, talking to myself, that everybody knows who he or she is and what she is or what he is. Um, We know very well um, who we are, what we understand that, oh, I know I'm a Ghanaian. I live in Ghana. I know I'm a, a preacher, man of God, a pastor, a reverend. I know that I was, I'm also a doctor. Um I'm a doctor since 1980. And likewise, you all know similar things about ourselves. One thing that I also know is that I am not a sinner, in the sense that as a believer, my sins have been taken away by Jesus. So I know that I'm not a sinner. As I stand here now, I know that there's no sin on me or in me because my sins have been taken away. So, almost everybody in the world can say that he or she is not a sinner. But, when it comes to the non-Christian, the one who doesn't have Jesus Christ all over the world, you agree with me, most people don't go about wondering. They don't think of where they stand before God concerning the subject of sin. They don't wonder. They don't worry. They don't think. They don't consider that where do I stand before God concerning the subject of sin? Definitely, the majority of people don't think about this. They think about, Everything else, anything else, but not sin. And uh, a few years ago, one of our pastors was on a flight to Europe. And um, she happened to be sitting next to a very charming, very, very lovely, lively, charming lady on the flight. And... Um, a Ghanaian-American, an African-American. And they got into a very nice conversation. Before long, they liked each other. So, pastor decided to witness to this woman. And um, in fact, she agreed with the pastor. One of our pastors agree, agreed with her on everything she said until they got to the matter of sin then this African-American or Ghanaian american um, refused to accept the fact that she is a sinner. But before then, she had agreed that she was not a Christian. She had agreed she was not, not a Christian. She had not been born again. But she would not agree with the pastor that she was a sinner. And this belief applied to most people in the world. Because see, in the same way as everybody is careful, everybody in this world, or at least majority of law abiding citizens, are very careful not to commit a crime. You and I know that we all go about being very careful that we don't commit any crime. Because we know that if we commit a we know if we commit a crime That makes us criminals. And uh, the Constitution clearly states the kind of punishment that should be meted out to criminals. A criminal is someone who is found guilty of committing a crime, that breaking the laws of the nation, breaking the laws of the country. That makes you a criminal. And when you break the law of the country or your nation, Uh, You are arrested, judged, and if you are found guilty, you are punished. So, almost everybody is very careful not to steal or to kill or to commit any kind of crime. But when it comes to sin, I wonder how many people go about being careful not to sin. I wonder how many people in the whole, in the entire world, how many people in their day-to-day lives, in the same way as they avoid committing crimes, will also avoid committing sins. Because in the avoidance of crimes, you don't want to foul the law. You don't want to go against the law and face punishment. But then, sin is when you break the laws of God. Sin is when you break God's laws. And when you break God's laws, again, you face judgment and you face punishment. But uh, because God is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, loving, and because we don't have policemen or law enforcement agents of God who are going to arrest you for, for committing a sin. Because you don't have a court, we don't have courts anywhere in the world that try people for committing sins. And we seem to get away with sin. We have reached a stage now where our conscience, our feelings have become blunt. We are no longer sensitive. We are no longer aware. We don't care whether we commit sins against God or even against our neighbors or even against ourselves. Praise the Lord. With the end result that the majority of people now say, we say they, are not, they, are, they, are, they haven't committed their sin. They are not sinners. And if we, if we go about accusing people of Committing crime in the same way that they say, I'm not a criminal, I'm not committing any crime, the same way they say, I'm not a sinner. As was the case with this woman on the flight. She says I'm not a sinner. But see, a sin to sin is to break the laws of God, not the laws of your country, the laws of God. And if breaking your, the, the nation's laws makes you a criminal, and qualifies you to go to jail, how much more when you break God's laws, how much more punishment do you think you are worthy of if you break God's laws? And because we don't face immediate arrests, and we don't face court action, many people don't think of this. Only practicing practical, genuine, born-again Christians are careful not to go against God's laws. And therefore, the Christian or the dumb believer can genuinely and truly say that I'm not a sinner. The Christian any a true, genuine, Bible-believing Christian must be able to say with confidence that he or she is not a sinner. But... Can we say the same thing? Can the unbeliever also claim the same thing for himself or for herself? So as I speak now, not only am I saying this to the church, but this is a message to the entire world. And on Sunday also, the message that will come will be, again, in the light along the same lines. So this message is more or less evangelical. Not only is it edifying, but it's more evangelical than for edification. Now, Romans 3 that we have just read, verses 23-24. And this is the Word of God. This is what God is saying. This is what God is saying. Because We know that all Scripture is, by the, is inspired by the Holy Spirit. God. And the Word of God is saying that for all, for all means all men, everybody... Has sinned, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. In other words, we all begin as sinners. We all, everybody in this world, begin as a sinner. Once you are a human being, you begin your life as a sinner. Even as a baby, having committed no sin, you are still a sinner because. There are two types of sin. there's what we call original sin or inherited sin. original sin or, in, or inherited sin, which every human being inherits from Adam. Adam and Eve committed the first sin, they have passed on the sin nature, the sin nature. and as long as you go through life as a human being, then we all are born into this original or inherited sin. And then you also have what you call, second type called the actual sin, that is sin that you yourself may commit. And we all commit sins. We commit one sin or the other every day, even without knowing it. Because God's laws, God's laws are so holy. They are so perfect that no human being, no human being ever can satisfy them. No human being can be blameless, sinless, holy by, by being perfect. No. Only God, only God, is holy only God is perfect. Therefore, all have sinned. Bible therefore truly says, all have sinned, and when you sin, because we have all sinned, we fall short of the glory of God. We are separated from God. We cannot go near the glory of God. We cannot go near God. We are cast out from the presence of God, and that's how everybody begins, whether you know it or not, whether you have heard this before or not. Tonight or today, hear this, and this is true. Now, by then, twenty-four, verse twenty-four says, but. We have been justified, verse 24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, though we all began life as sinners and have fallen short of the glory of God, God God made a way out for us. God provided a way out. God being God, Be merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and loving, realize that by ourselves, there's no way we can enter into his glory if he didn't do anything about it for us. So, he made a way out for us. He justified us, free of charge. We didn't have to pay anything. We didn't have to work for it. We didn't have to go to prison for it. We didn't have to do anything for it. He just took away the sins, free of charge, freely, Freely, but then this is this only pertains to those who are partakers of the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Now, to redeem means to buy back. To buy back, redemption means to take something back at a price. Something that you you love, you need, you want back. Somebody has it. Now you want to have it back. You don't go and take it. To redeem means there's a price. You pay for it. So you pay that price and uh, you take that thing back. That's redemption. So it is that this redemption is only in Christ Jesus. Nobody else. Don't let anyone deceive you. Don't let anyone uh, make a fool of you. This redemption can be found only in Christ Jesus. Just say amen. Yes. Years ago, I had a friend. He was much older than me. I was a young man. He was like, we were friends. And he's dead now. And this man told me a story, a true story, that one day he was driving his car to work in the morning, and then he realized that uh, his fuel tank was almost empty. He was down to gallon. So he stopped at his regular gas station, filling station, but he, he didn't have money. So he had to go to the bank and cash some money. But he didn't have money, but even the amount of petrol left, fuel in the car wouldn't be able to take him to the, to the bank. So he saw the, bank, uh, the, the station manager and gave him his gold watch, gold race watch gold race watch, which was worth a lot of money. So the manager would fill his tank for him, and on his way back after work, he would then redeem, he redeem his race watch. In other words, he would pay back what he owed the gas station, and then take his race watch back. So on his way back, he had to redeem his race watch. The race watch belonged to him. It was much more expensive than the fuel that he put in his tank. So there was no way he could run away. So he paid back that price and then took his rich, rich work back. And that's what we mean by redemption. That's what Christ has done for us. And Christ did it for us freely. He paid the price and gave to us free. Because we got it free, many of us don't value it. If we have to pay 100 cities for it, 100 pounds for it, we we'll value it. But anything that is free as human beings, We take it as well. Free. It's free. So, uh, you know, uh, it's not worth anything. But it cost God. It cost him. It cost Jesus his death. blood, Suffering on the cross. That's what it cost him. It cost him three days in the grave. Three days in the grave. Which many of us, I don't think how many of us prepared to go through that. Even one hour in the grave, No. What I mean is no way. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If God were to make death an option, I don't know how many people would choose to die. That's why death is not compulsory for everybody. If death were to be an option, a choice. No one would choose. We would prefer to live even beyond around sixty-nine years, we still want to live on. Praise the Lord. If you agree with me, clap your hands for Jesus. <laughs> Therefore, it is of no use going about saying that Have no, I'm not a sinner unless you are actually part of this redemption that we're talking about. So verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. That verse 24. Amen. Praise the Lord. Therefore, if you are not part of this redemption. It means that you have not been brought back. You have not been redeemed. Your sins are still there because the sin that has enslaved you the original and the actual sins which have put you or put us where we were before. Until Christ comes in and redeems us. And may Christ redeem all of us. In the name of Jesus. Clap your hands for Jesus. Now, When we go to Jude, Jude 7, Jude 7, Jude 7, Jude is there before Revelation, it's only one chapter, so it's Jude 7, Jude 7. Are you there, somebody? The Bible said, As Sodom and Gomorrah, or as Sodom and Gomorrah, and the cities around them, in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Sodom and Gomorrah are set forth as an example of what will happen to those who practice lawlessness, those who are not redeemed, those who are not saved, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. So, anyone who does not obey God's commandments, therefore is a sinner. Once you are not redeemed, once you are not in Christ Jesus, you don't obey God's commandments. That makes you a sinner. And the final home, the final home of the sinner is hell. Final home of the sinner is hell, which is eternal, which is everlasting. It's not a temporary home. It's not a home like go to prison and come out, no. Once you go there, it's final for all eternity. Much as the same way as the final home of the believer, the Christian is heaven, where Jesus, where God is, the final home of the one who disobeys God is hell, where Satan and the demons will also be everlastingly. May we all end up in heaven, church. Amen. Now, Luke 5, verse 32. Luke 5, 32. Luke's Gospel. chapter Luke 5, verse 32. Very early in the ministry of Jesus, he says something. Luke five thirty-two. Luke five 32. Let's take it from verse 31. 31, 32. Jesus answered and said to them, verse 31, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous but sinners, to repentance. Jesus said, Those who are well have no need of a doctor. If you think you are well, you have no need of a doctor. You don't go to hospital and pay money or spend money, spend time, see a doctor. No. If you think you we are well, you don't go through the pain of receiving an injection. I know that even the COVID-19 vaccination, there are many even macho men who are so scared of that small needle that they refused to have the injection. I know somebody who I thought was a very strong man, and now I asked him, have you had your vaccination? He said, no, 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 no. I said, why not? I mean, since my childhood, I've never me injection. needle, no way. I said, oh, but we need it. No, 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 injection, no. And I thought it was a very strong, you, you know, no. The size of a needle, size of a needle, <laughs> praise the Lord. So there's nobody who is well, thinks he is well, Ooh. Submit himself to an injection, or even to see a a, a doctor, or even to take tablets. I know a certain friend, a lady friend of mine, who many years ago was sick, and I I prescribed some medication for her. I started giving her for about two or three weeks. After four days, she called me and said, "Doctor, I can't take the tablets anymore." I said, "Why not?" He said, "Oh, tablets. When I swallow, it gets stuck in my throat." I said my daughter, are you able to swallow fufu? He said, yes. <laughs> so I said, consider inside the fufu and the tablet. <laughs> it's, not, it's not getting stuck anywhere. It's, you, it's your mind. It doesn't t- okay. I said, okay, then why don't you put the tablet inside the fufu and swallow it? He said, the fact that the tablet is the fufu will not make me able to swallow the fufu. <laughs> the fact that fufu has tablets in means I can't swallow it. So, those who are well, indeed, have no need of a physician. Therefore, if you go about saying that, "Oh, I'm not a sinner, not a sinner," though you are sick, you say you are not sick, then you won't go to the physician, you won't go to a doctor. But Jesus said He didn't come to call those who think that they are righteous, or those who are righteous. He did not come to call those who are righteous or who refuse to accept that they are not righteous. He didn't come to call call those who are sinners, those who admit and agree that they are sinners, then at the starting point, at the beginning of their salvation. Jesus came that you call such people who, out of humility, out of humility, who admit, agree that in fact what I'm hearing tonight, what I'm hearing right now is true. It's true. And therefore, repent. These are the ones that Jesus is interested in now. So if you haven't, I want to challenge you. I want to appeal to you. I want to beg you by the mercy of God. The word of God is true that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But there's a redemption that is only in Christ Jesus. And that's why Christ came to call the sinner to repentance and not those who are righteous. Because in the only day is the religious... Jews, they thought they were righteous. They said, okay, if you think you are righteous, then it's not because of you that I came. I came to call those who are sinners. Now, I came to call them to repentance, that they may receive the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Church, shall we all clap our hands for Jesus? Acts of the Apostles 4, verse 12. Acts 4, verse 12. Acts four verse twelve. Acts four verse twelve. Acts four twelve says Nor is there salvation in any other for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, this is a very serious, very, very serious scripture. And probably those who think that there's salvation in their religions. There are many who, whether out of pride or out of, out of ignorance or out of competition, uh, think, that oh, I'm okay. My religion is all right. I'm okay. Here, the word of God is saying that nor is there salvation in any other. Now there is no salvation in any other. There is no redemption in any other. For there is no other name because there is no other name under heaven given among men. That is in the world that is given to us that we know. Hmm. by which we might be saved. It's only in Jesus Christ. It's only in Jesus Christ. And sometimes I, I, I wonder because not only the word of God saying it, but there's also even now, presently, we have evidence in any spirit, Holy Spirit filled church in Every or any spirit filled church, and in any Holy Spirit filled individual, any individual who is Holy Spirit filled, we have evidence, we have testimonies, we have testimonies of the presence of God and the truism, the truth of the Word of God. You see, the Bible said that. Those who are perishing, those who are perishing, the God of this world has put a veil over their, over their eyes. So the, the light of the gospel does not shine on them. They, they, they are in perpetual, they are in constant darkness. There's a veil over their, over their face. You don't, don't see the light, you don't, don't understand the meaning of what you are saying. Because the God of this world wants to lead them astray, wants to lead them to hell. But as you hear tonight's teaching, my prayer is that, that the power in this word, and the power of God may lift that veil from over your head so that the light of the gospel may shine on you that you might believe and be saved. Just say amen. Because there's no other name, nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Galatians 3:26. Galatians 3:26. Listen to three, verse twenty-six. Galatians three, verse twenty-six. The word of God says here in Galatians three, verse twenty-six: "For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For you are all. You are all." sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Now, what the Bible is saying here is that not only do we receive salvation through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, not only, not only that, it goes beyond that. There's more to it. There's more to it. Now, God does not save you, redeem you through Jesus, and then leave you to float about, walk about aimlessly. No. And he becomes your father, your heavenly father, your heavenly father. So, those who are redeemed, those who can say that in Christ Jesus, I am not a sinner. And that is true different from those who say I'm not a sinner when they don't know Christ. Those who say, can genuinely say I'm not a sinner because they know, they know that they have been redeemed by Christ Jesus. Now, one thing they also know is that they are now sons of God or sons and daughters of God, children of God. And God gives us Testimony, a sign, evidence, proof, proof. You See, God is not somebody who is after distant or imag- is just an imaginary being. Or you know, we only hear of him, hear of him, hear of him. We don't, you know. I, as I stand here, I, I have fellowship with God almost every day, every day, but. I don't even have a with my president. I mean, president I've come for all eight years, i never had any fellowship with any of them. Eight years. So God is real. He's real. And because he's your father. And therefore he gives us the Holy Spirit by whom he cry out, Abba. Abba, Father. So that when you say Abba, Father, you are not just talking into empty space or empty air. It's like calling your father, Father and you expect a response. So, Galatians three twenty six says that that makes us sons of God, daughters of God, or children of God. And that's a huge thing. Finally, Philippians 3, 9. Philippians 3, 9. Philippians 3, verse 9. Philippians 3, 9. I'm not a sinner. Philippians 3.9 says, And be found in him, that is in Jesus Christ, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Did the last scripture for tonight. Now, of God is saying here that when you are redeemed, through the redemption that's in Christ Jesus, and you become a child of God. so you can address God, my Father, Father, Abba. The same way as you can call me, oh, pastor, and I know you have your pastor, I can call you so and so the same way, Abba, Father. Now, you are also found in him. You are found in him. You are not just as you go about your daily activities, day or nightly activity, whatever it is, you are not alone. You are not alone, but you are actually in Christ Jesus. Because God fills the entire universe. God fills everywhere at the same time. So, in other words, you are abiding in him and he's abiding in you. And you cannot abide, you cannot be found in Christ Jesus if you have any sins clinging, clinging to you. If you have any sins clinging to you because darkness and light have nothing to do with each other. Christ and Belial have no accord. So, the fact that you are found in him means that, in fact, you can genuinely say that I am not a sinner. But the one who is not in him cannot make the same claim. So verse 9 says, And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, never not have my own holiness. Be found in Christ Jesus, you might be righteous, might be holy, but the holiness cannot come from you. Like I said before earlier on, there's nothing any human being can possibly do. Nothing at all that you can do by yourself that will make you perfectly righteous or holy. No. The holiness has been given to you. It has been given to you by grace. The righteousness may be given to you by grace. As long as being a Christian, you are consciously making the effort not to sin. Just like as citizens of Ghana, we make it an effort not to be an armed robber. In the same way, you also always, you have the consciousness, the presence of mind not to sin. Then, Christ gives you the righteousness that comes from God. So, what was that? Paul said, not, which is odd, and be funny, not having my own righteousness, which you cannot have, which is from the law, that by working or by trying to earn it, no, it's not possible. But that which is, but that the righteousness which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, praise the Lord. That's what we are talking about tonight. And when you have these three or four things and you value them, you know the value of these things throughout your entire life. It doesn't matter how young, how young you are. Your entire life, you value these things and you live according to these were these three truths. Then you can generally say, you're not a sinner. It doesn't apply to those who don't have Jesus. So, this evening, hearing the sound of my voice, hearing me, if you don't have Christ in your life, you don't have Jesus in your life, then know that your sins are still clinging to you. It's not like death that you can wash with detergent or soap. No, it's a spiritual thing. And spiritual things might be done away with spiritually. That's my message to the world. This message is to the world. This night and Sunday morning messages are mainly to the world. But if you are in the house of God, having heard this, and there's a part of it that maybe applies to you, and it's, it's also meant for you. It's meant for you too. Hallelujah. Amen. thank you for participating in this tuesday evening's teaching service we believe you have been blessed by the word you're welcome to visit us at emma community five of pv are being run about god bless you and we hope to see you next tuesday